0: Hello and welcome to the Ghibli Attack, the podcast that spends tons of money exploring the universe of the world's greatest animation studio, Studio Ghibli. I'm Michael Leader.
2: I'm Steph Watts.
1: And I'm Jake Cunningham, and my money's in the merch.
0: So join us on our quest into the glorious physical tat of Studio Ghibli. I'm not even sure if physical tat, that's a bit redundant, that it's phrase. good but band
1: name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we are talking tat, not tattoos, although we should have got matching tattoos on our Japan trip. I'll save that uh, for the next one.
2: Yeah, there's still time.
0: We are today talking about the things we bought in Japan. Now, Jake, I think it was on one of our previous Japan episodes where you said that we came back from Japan in 2019 having been reserved, too reserved for our liking, perhaps in some ways. So when we went this time, we decided to indulge ourselves as much as we could, as reasonably good.
1: Yes. Um I think we went with the tactic last time of saving as much suitcase space and being economical on the way out. But that was kind of shooting ourselves in the foot because that meant little space on the way back. But because of the airlines that we booked with on this way suddenly like we're all kind of familiar with Ryanair easyjet that's our normal lifestyle we're not used to having hold luggage and all of a sudden all three of us have got massive suitcases that we barely made a dent in with our own clothes and so once you've stuck a few microphones in there maybe a couple of cameras there's still a good third of it left so we really we had no choice but to fill <laughs> the remaining space in our suitcases with Ghibli merch. And um, that was a challenge. And I think we uh, we we exceeded <laughs> in completing it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're coming off the back of two episodes now. We did Universal Studios Japan. We did Ghibli Park. And in that Ghibli Park episode, we said we'll do merch next. So if you've not listened to either of those two episodes, listeners, listen back for the actual cultural stuff, the fun stuff we did. Because now we're just going to do a show and tell of what we bought in the shops. Before we dive into Ghibli Park, though, did we get anything merch-wise at
1: USJ? Um, No, I don't know if we did. I mean, Not unless you myself. count themed food. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I mean, in a way, I'd rather that we hadn't had that experience. So I don't think it's <laughs> yeah. worth talking about.
0: Yeah, I I got um, something as a gift for someone who I know listens to this podcast I've not seen yet, so I don't want to necessarily give that away on air and ruin any surprises. There was one bit of merch, if there was such a thing as merch regret, which we've had in the past, if there was such a thing for USJ, it would be that I didn't buy the small, tiny notebooks for their strange new Hollywood-themed set area where they had Jaws, Mel's Drive-In, and... What would the other one be? Um, their little the- uh, Jurassic Park. It was the Spielberg, George Lucas stuff. And on the notebooks, they had cartoon versions of the person in a Jaws costume or a Jurassic Park T-Rex costume, what they did on their time off in the park. So it's just them hanging out on a street corner, eating a burger or drinking a coffee, which I thought was really fun thing to do with something that, you know, IPs that are usually very sewn up yeah do them
1: well, I think we we saw going around the park a lot of it was really ugly, and like going <laughs> going back to that word tat, this was supremo tat, and some of the some of the prices on it were pretty horrendous as well, but it was it was only really Jaws that had anything that I thought would be of interest because Jaws has the benefit of having an iconic amazing logo Mm. and you kind of just whack that on anything and some shark teeth it kind of looks cool and minions ride doesn't quite have that edge
0: well tell you what you don't want to say that and then have the peanuts podcast or the mario podcast coming after us saying no actually their brand of choice is superior to ghibli in terms of merch so we should probably oh, really advance no, not not before branding, we start. Adding flame I'm, not, I'm not
1: saying their brand is bad. I'm just saying the merch is bad. It's a difference. <laughs> I
2: okay. thought Sneepy Studios was had some good merch, and I did pick up some bits for friends. So, but mystery boxes. So not sure what's in there.
0: Who knows what's in there? So let's talk about Ghibli merch. I think in our previous episode we talked about absolutely everything, up to the point of crossing the threshold into the Ghibli Park shop. And I think I said in that episode or one of us said it was very close to closing time. And that was the point where after quite a relaxing day, you could feel the buzz. You could feel everyone's having their own personal supermarket sweep moment, grabbing what they can. And I remember as we were walking around and it was getting closer to closing time and beyond, they had a, a sort of kettling system going on where members of staff were forming a human (laughs) barrier, slowly encroaching into the shopping area, funneling everyone towards the tills. (laughs) So if you hadn't looked at the stuff that was in the foyer, God help you. You can't go today, come back another day. (laughs) But let's just talk about our route through that, what we were looking for, what we picked up. Who wants to go first?
2: I think I bought the least. Um, I think I was treating myself but in the way that I usually shop anyway of being like do I really need this mm, I don't know mm, I'll put it in my basket and then I did a circuit and then took some things out of the basket and then I turned around to see you two with like st- stares of intense concentration as you just went around sweeping everything <laughs> into your baskets uh, and thought I'd, I'd slightly underbought but um, I got a lot of little bits and bobs that I thought would bring me joy. Um, my favourite being a soy sauce dish in the shape of No no Face's face. So that when you pour, it's white white ceramic dish. And when you pour, pour a little sauce in, it will obviously go darker and reveal his face, which was a lot of fun. Um, I got a lot of little patches. I got a Kiki stick-on sew-on patch with Gigi on it. Um, I got a really good Ghibli warehouse sticker for my roller derby helmet, which was just a big eye, which I thought was pretty cool. I liked the, um, the Ghibli warehouse specific merch in there. It wasn't necessarily just, you know, here's a big Totoro plushie and stuff like that. It was like some stuff that was really specific to just the grand warehouse, which was cool. Um, what else did I get? I got a nice notebook. I know, Michael, you've probably got many more notebooks to to go through than me, but it was a very nice Kiki themed notebook, uh, which I'll probably use next year, I'm saving that. Um, And then a lot of like washi tape, which is the kind of nice paper tape that you can use for scrapbooking and sticking things to walls if you want. Um, And a little tree ornament of an acorn with a little Totoro inside. I think that was all of my Ghibli shop merch. There were lots of... Wait, no, sorry. One more thing. I got two little face flannels, <laughs> which just really made me laugh because one just has Paul rossos face on it and then one is the big Omu from Naushka, <laughs> which I just thought was great. Um, so yeah, those but I think that was all my, my Ghibli shop merch.
0: I mean, you say that was not very much, but that, that was quite a lot. That was and still quite a lot, yeah. Great, because um, it's something we laugh about. For many years, there was this... Presumption or mythology, mysticism around Ghibli that they don't do merch. They're not like the Disney Store. They wouldn't dare cheapen the brand by doing all this hats. And then you actually go to Japan and you go to the the Ghibli shops, and they have everything, all the characters, deep cut characters that you would necessarily wouldn't necessarily think of, like the OMU as you said, are being trotted out and put on something or turned into something. And they're generally very high quality. But if you were um, a merch fiend there's plenty for you there um i'll come back to notebooks but yeah i think my approach to it i was very much approaching it as um everything we do on this trip ends up being relevant the amount of times whether that's in a something we're writing in the books or talking about on a podcast talking about in personal conversation um so we i'm still bringing up stuff that we learned or saw on our 2019 trip um, we do it in our live shows as well. We talk a lot about the museum and how the museum informs what our view of Ghibli as a company, Miyazaki and co. as creatives. So I, I grabbed as much as I could just because it all feeds into that general um, overarching view of the company. And that is I use that as my sort of internal excuse because I always have that little voice of, do you really need it? And I'm you know <laughs> beloved by friends and family as the person who will go in a shop and spend two hours in a shop, and then come out with nothing. <laughs> Often to be seen with a you know a an arm full of stuff, be that books or records or DVDs, and then slowly putting them back one by one and walking out. Um, so I, I was able to shut that guy down with the idea of this is all for um, for research purposes. But it's true what you say, Steph. It was, I was quite taken aback by how much Ghibli Park specific merch there was. I got a bunch of exercise book sized notebooks that were um uh park themed and actually it was on reflection much later that I realized what one of them actually showed which was um we talked about in the previous episode how in the park around the park they have the little statues relating to ghibli films there's one exercise book where it has all of those designs in there as you know the designs on the page and on the cover um, I I just bought loads of little notebooks, little notelets, little pens. I got a nice Kiki's Delivery Service pen and a Ghibli Park pen. But one thing I did that you guys didn't do was I ran back to the bookshop they have there, which is on that imagined shopping street like from the 1960s. And it's floor to ceiling of bookcases, bookshelves with everything you'd want from Ghibli. And that was where I just went maybe a little bit wild in terms of um, grabbing stuff because I just know that not only would I enjoy reading it, you never know if something becomes relevant for a podcast or a conversation or whatever in the future. So I I went back and I grabbed the Yoshifumi Kondo art book, which is lots of street scenes and sketches from his from his observational kind of view of life, because I remember seeing that on the last trip and I didn't get that. I grabbed um the periodicals and books about the park itself there's like a big glossy one with lots of pictures in and a few um essays and interviews with like goro and other people and then there's a small guidebook which goes through the park blow by blow i also grabbed the um mr doe and the egg princess lobby pamphlet which has lots of stuff in it related to that short I could have probably grabbed all... Of, I, was, I, was, I was toying with grabbing those for all the shorts, knowing that I'll probably never see these films. So this is the closest I'll get to seeing them. But I decided not to. Likewise, they have like all the DVDs in the park shop. I'm like, should I buy these, knowing I can't actually speak Japanese? So I might have to then find a way to put a fan sub onto a DVD. Nah, that was madness. So I stuck with stuff as I said. Lots of notebooks, pens. I did get a nice little pin badge of Nonaka-kun, the guy from Ghibli's, or Ghibli's, episode two, which is a short that never has, has never been formally released in the UK, although in the US it's an extra on the Cat Returns Blu-ray. And talking about surprise of what sort of birch they had there, the fact that they had so much Ghibli's stuff there was a, a surprise, but I like that guy. So I got a pin badge of his.
1: Well, I think it's not just Ghibli's. I think that was a surprise across the whole park. And we kind of had that with the museum last time as well. The the kind of hierarchy of presentation is perhaps different than what we might expect. And we joked about there being a lot of earwig. But I suppose that, that kind of shows the more democratic approach within the studio of what they're highlighting and what they aren't um unfortunately the red turtle (laughs) maybe got that that would have been a (laughs) quarter of a quarter (laughs) of what other ones got but then like so well you're you're from up and poppy hills and your marnies are very much like presented like as important within the canon as your hyamia Miyazaki films yeah and they had like a big chest
0: of drawers didn't they with all the pin badges in and you mm. could just spend ages just opening them up and seeing what they had speaking of badges i just remembered i looked over my shoulder related to the ghibli food exhibition that we went in they had little magnetic or pin badge badges of certain food moments and i toyed with as a joke getting you jake a shepherd's pie <laughs> <laughs> but i got uh the fried breakfast from Howells, and jake you're holding up I got the ramen from
1: Ponyo. Um, yeah. which and are
2: they badges or magnets?
1: They're magnets. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I have, like, just up from the computer, there's a little metal storage container. So it's literally, it's <laughs> right up in front of me whenever I look, which is really nice. Um, yeah, because there was the exhibition on the food, uh, I was really happy to see all of this on the other side because we wang on about the food stuff so much, but even this is kind of just a nice object in itself that isn't obviously ghibli it's just kind of a nice weird thing and because it's a magnet the fact that it sits vertically on a surface rather than horizontally (laughs) gives it a kind of magical allure as well because it's like this kind of hyper real sculpture it does kind of look like the noodles should just be falling out at any moment it's great (laughs) but jake i was very envious
0: because mm. you went to a corner of the shop that I don't think Steph or I even thought about going towards. But then afterwards, I was like, damn it, I probably should have gone there. Yes. Where it's, th- yeah.
1: Well, this was the only thing that I knew that I was doing. Everything else was vibe based and seeing what I fancy. And, um, but I knew that I've been sitting on the Windrises vinyl and the Princess Kaki vinyl on my Discogs. The um, kind of marketplace for vinyl for ages. They're always on my uh, watch list, but they are not cheap records. They are double discs, and they're beautiful. They're my two favorite scores, but they're seventy-five quid here in the UK. And with the exchange rate, a brand new one of each from the Ghibli shop came in at less than thirty. Uh, so. You know, I had to do it to them. And uh, I I did. And really, I'm thinking now, I should have got more. (laughs) Um, But I should be grateful with what I've got. But yeah, they're great. I've already listened to them a few times. Um, There's really... Something I didn't know is there's really beautiful etching on side four. So uh, there's just enough music to actually make three sides rather than the full four. And... You flip over to the foreside and there's an engraving of certain moments or characters. So you've got like, you know, the amazing baby Kaguya. There's this etching of her in the vinyl and then the bamboo shoot. And uh, it's just a a very nice touch and uh, very happy to have both of those in the vinyl collection. Um, But we'll talk more about vinyl in a bit. I, uh, and then the rest of it, I was just kind of grabbing. I did have the sad uh, moment where I had a T-shirt that was right up my street where I tend to wear just plain T-shirts. And so I, if I'm going to get a merchy bandy thing, if it's quite plain but then has a back print, I quite like it because it's like um, my version of when people have a tattoo that's kind of in a hidden place. Where it's like i know it's there and you yeah, you're you're just seeing a plain white t-shirt but under this cardigan that says ghibli's grand warehouse in quite a cool nautical theme um and it was medium and i'm a medium but of course i'm not a japanese medium um i needed a large and the larges were out of stock uh so i couldn't get that but i got lots of other li- little things like the magnet ramen the um a little ghibli park badge and a couple of the patches that you mentioned Steph um, that because you and I are so extreme with our sports (laughs) I will also be incorporating into my sports and putting my patches onto my climbing bag Um, and then when I was a kid um, my granddad would always get me like the um, polystyrene plane building that were in corner shops did you ever do those? Um, Yeah. yeah and there was a Porco Rosso one of them So I haven't built it yet, but I'm saving that for maybe the after Christmas as a little present to myself for a few minutes. Um, But crucially, most important for this conversation, I have got two unopened mystery badge packs to do on this very call. You saved it right until now. Of course I did.
0: They had a central near the tills. They had all of the... um, We'll we'll talk about this again because there are lots of mystery stuff. It's something I love about Japanese shopping culture is they really love some sort of prize element or surprise element. And they had all of the Ghibli badges, mystery boxes that have toys in and so on in this sort of central area. And I'd already opened mine up, but I'm fascinated
1: to see. So, Jake,
0: <laughs> what do you see on the cover first before you open them up?
1: So I've got one from the Totoro Milk Cap series. Uh, and there are 10 different designs in here all related to your friend and mine Totoro and then the other one is the complete Ghibli series 25 available designs in here um so i mean let's not keep the listeners waiting any longer they need to they need to know i'm going to start with the full 25 <laughs> Get that ASMR. Okay, we're in, we're in, folks. What is it gonna be? Would you believe it? It's tales from Earthsea.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: What's the design on there? Um We've got your man, and behind him is the dragon on a lovely kind of uh, soft blue background with a nice yellow. Uh, title treatment. I'll hold it up to the camera. Maybe we'll we'll have to take photos of some of the stuff we're putting out there. But uh, I can put that up on the pin. I've gotten to pins. I've got a few pin boards in my little room here. And I can put that up to the trip from last time's milk cap one, which was the eyes from Mm. the museum. Uh, So I'll put those next to each other. Alright. And Totoro. Let's see what's in this one. A uh, it's a screaming little oh, I've forgotten his name. What's the little boy? In uh it begins with a K in Totoro. Um Kata. it's a screaming Tater. He's screaming at me. <laughs> Let's have a look. There he is. Oh yeah, <laughs> saying your house is haunted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh great.
0: Hi, listeners. Just butting in with a very quick correction here. The boy in My Neighbor Totoro is actually called Canter, not Kater. I think there was some crossover in the old brain box there, getting Kanter and Sator, the boy from Grave of the Fireflies, mixed up and turned into a whole new character called Kater. But no, sorry, we got it wrong. We were running on tea and toddies recording this episode. He's actually called Canter. Back to the show.
1: Uh, so I think that's it for merch. Uh Oh, I, I just got postcards and stuff, but you
0: know. yeah, postcards and bits and bobs. I mean, maybe we can like all take pictures of our stuff and we can like do a big thread or a massive mm. Instagram post with everything on there because we can't go through everything bit by bit. I do. We'll talk about mystery boxes in a second, but um, I, as I said, have great envy about some of the things that both of you have picked up. Jake, you mentioned vinyl, and maybe the reason why I didn't even ha- want to think about vinyl is that I knew the potential best bit of vinyl. We could have got all holiday had already been bought by Steph a couple of days earlier. So this is Joe's garage, Joe's yeah. garage Um, in Osaka. Was that? No, that we Kyoto. We? Kyoto. Um, I remember we were walking down a road. We were about to go into one of those um, covered shopping food market areas, weren't we? I think Where yeah, they... we
2: were about to go into Nishiki Market, the big, yeah. the long covered food market in Kyoto.
0: And I spotted the Andy Warhol banana peel cover from the Velvet Underground and Nico as like floor two or three in a in a building. And it was called Joe's Garage. So for me, that's Velvet Underground and Frank Zappa references, which means we're definitely going in, guys. <laughs> and Steph, talk us through your experience of this record shop <laughs> leading up to the purchase.
2: Um, so I think you'd only opened for about five minutes, hadn't he, Joe? <laughs> of Joe's Garage. He
0: he spoke very little English, but he was very happy to see us.
2: He was happy. Um, I did a quick scan while you guys were were going through everything. Um, And then I think I just wandered over to a section. I can't even remember what the section was called. It was just like...
1: It wasn't soundtracks. It was like like world jazz. Because
2: I was looking for soundtracks, yeah. And it was some sort of kind of yeah jazz or world or electronic maybe. And then just went in at random and then picked out the score for Naushka, uh for about £15. So <laughs> obviously had to go for that. Um, and I did wait until we got to our hotel in Nagoya to open it and have a proper look inside. Um, but yeah, beautiful. It has kind of lovely shots from the film inside. Um, and then it has a little booklet with the written score as well, like um, piano sheet music, um, which is super nice. So well, and and Out yeah, of really the three, three of us,
1: you're the one that could actually make use of that sheet music.
2: Yes. If anyone's got a spare piano, I will <laughs> happily play it. Um, but yeah, what a treat. Um, considering last time, I don't think I bought any vinyl because we didn't have a record player at that point. Um, so this was a really good one to find. Um, yeah. And I also non Ghibli themed bought the Japanese press of Band on the Run, <laughs>
0: uh, brilliant, which is
2: also great.
0: Yeah, but, but like we we should just to be nerdy for a second. So Jake's buying the Ghibli Records, you know, often represses of these mm. um, uh, uh, film soundtracks. Although Jake's buying soundtracks of films that actually have come out quite recently, so it only have been released on Ghibli Records. You actually got the Animage Records nineteen eighties version, which is incredibly cool. Um, Yeah, thank you, Joe. And Band on the (laughs) Run as well. What a great thing to pick up. I got uh, The Age of Plastic, the album by The Buggles. Um, So one of the five or six songs that Ivo loves at the moment is Video Killed the Radio Star. So I picked that up for him. And I also, I mean, it pales in comparison, but I got another Joe Hisashi 80s anime anime soundtrack, which is for Arion, which is... um, a film that came out not long after Naushka and tried to be a similar sort of big sweeping fantasy type epic. Um, and it's another nice big score, but pales in comparison. But what a cool shot. And I even went over to him and said, we just saw, because we both bought Joe Hisaishi albums, I said to the guy, we just saw him in London, 12,500 people, sold out stadium crowd. And he, was, he seemed actually baffled by the idea that <laughs> Joe would play to that size of crowd on the other side of the world. So I think... He said he was a massive fan, but also maybe he didn't understand the word we were saying.
1: <laughs> One Joe's garage is another Joe's Wembley. Yes. <laughs> did of. you get anything from that shop, Jake? Um, yeah, I got Cobalt Hour, y- Yumi Arai. Yes, you did. The, the, which people would recognise from Kiki's delivery service. I think you scooped that out, though, and generously handed it to me, Michael and then I also got Harvest by Neil Young which has uh, no relation to Ghibli as well except but it's not on streaming and it's one of my favourite ever albums and I've never owned it and again it's another case of been on the watch list for ages is always expensive because it's not on streaming um, so very happy to have that in the collection now too
0: Yeah, absolute shout out to Joe's Garage and I think apart from your Ghibli purchases I was the only one who bought vinyl other than in that shop um, when we were in um, again, where were we at this point? Was that was that our evening in Nagoya? It was, wasn't it? Where Big
2: shopping evening.
0: I pulled up um, a map of local re- uh, record shops and I bought the soundtrack to Harmageddon, another early 80s anime feature which had music by Keith Emerson of Emerson Lake and Palmer, prog rock legend, um, that was a cool thing to pick up. But I got that from a place called Banana Record. And I the best thing about Banana Record is the bag they have. Let me zoom in so I can actually read it out to you guys. So it's a blue record bag, Banana Record, since 1981. And this is their tagline. Time is streaming like a river, but good music is always good music. Never changes. If you want to get the new thing, you should know the old one. The this act doesn't mean that we go back to the past. Rather, when we throw away the difference between the new thing and the old thing, our sensitivity will be free and get new meaning. We are covered with ideal society. <laughs> what? We have to discover our own world. I don't find myself, but I find music. I reflect myself on the mirror, which is called music. I am music. Dot dot dots. I mean, I love that stuff. I think we'd mentioned in a previous episode, like generally, any bits of that sort of catch copy around the world in Japan, like on the side of shops and like newspapers or on books or whatever, always amazing. Always makes you think, <laughs> <laughs> even more so than just thinking, what the hell do they really mean? But <laughs> I loved it. That's so cool. I'm keeping that bag for as long as I can. Um, but that's the vinyl. And where should we go next? So we have, maybe we should talk about our individual quests. Because I remember a great arc from the first trip in 2019 is you, Jake said, I want to find a poster of only yesterday to put on the wall. And I think we all had either our own personal quests or quests that have been given to us by friends or family. For the trip. So, who wants to go first on the quest? I want to go. Oh, Jake, I want you to go first because I love the fact that you had to go on this journey. <laughs> this is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you com slash ACAST
1: Well, this was not a journey of my cho- choosing. <laughs> um, so, my friend Joe, uh, who is a lovely, lovely man, uh, said to me very casually, can you get me some one-piece trading cards? Um, And then said they need to be uh, OP-04 or OP-05 as the category on them. Pretty harmless text to receive. And we're we're going to merch places. We're going to lots of pop culture hideouts, this kind of thing. And the first place, I mean, they basically laughed at me out of the shop. Uh, because um it was only after the, a couple of tries uh and texting joe that it turned out that these were incredibly hard to come by <laughs> and that he had not ho- not had told me that um and in a way that made me want to complete the quest even more <laughs> and uh, so every city and so what was this five cities when we went past places that had models or stickers or statues or DVDs, whatever it might be, make a beeline for the trading cards and they were always out. And then I would think, Oh, that looks like the right thing. And I'd send a picture and it's a wrong thing because it's ST01, not OP dash um, five. And so this was a running thread most days whilst we were over there. And then, the last day we were in Tokyo and this is how it played out with only yesterday as well, where it was the end and we thought, right, we'll give it, you know, one last swing and see what happens. And we were actually on a side quest for Michael, um, which we'll get to in a minute in another building right in Shinjuku. And um, then just turned a corner trading card shop, and my thinking had been, right, if these are in demand, the trading card shops are surely the last place they're going to be because the trading card buyers <laughs> will buy them from the trading card shop. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we went into this trading card shop and I there, there was a pack. There was a pack of one-piece um, OP-05s. And I thought, I can't believe it. I've done it. There's one pack of five cards or however many it is. Uh, And then next to that pack was a box of 120 of them. (laughs) 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 And um, this was not an insignificant purchase. (laughs) And so I had to get the OK from the UK. And uh, there we are. We got the green light. We pressed go, and um, we bought the One Piece cards. Um, yeah, so it was a real journey. And actually, Michael, since then, you've had the pleasure of meeting Joe when he has encountered One Piece cards <laughs> in the wild. And uh, it's it's a very fun thing and, Like to understand the stock market of One Piece cards has been a real journey over the last month that I never <laughs> thought I'd take.
0: What I liked about it, maybe one day we can talk to Joe about it, but... Um there was the ritual to opening up the packet because he opened up the packet and pulled out the cards and said, actually, the back one is the only one I really care about, but I'm still going to go through, looking through all of the 20-odd cards before I get there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad we could make dreams come true with this trip.
1: But that, that, that was a point of a glory for me, Michael, but that same location provided a melancholy end for your quest.
0: Yeah, so my quest that had been given to me was that my dad had sent me a capsule or a gachapod of miniature Casio watches, which you can look up and there were lots of, um, press releases and news articles around that over the summer, July, August saying that they were going to go out around the country and you can find them. So I just had in the back of my head, man, yeah, maybe we'll find them. You'll see, we'll see loads of capsule machines and they are everywhere. they will be outside corner shops, They'll be inside train stations. They'll have their own dedicated shops or areas within any sort of nerdy shopping place. And we just couldn't find them, could we? We, we, I, we must have looked at, I'd say, 500 capsule machines while we were there. <laughs> Easily. Maybe close to a thousand. And it gave us a new appreciation of capsule machines. There are so many of them. Even though we're that deep, we probably didn't see that many duplicates. Um, and there were some really fun ones that we saw on that journey but I did not find the Casio watch one and had to apologise to my dad made up made it up to him by getting him like a souvenir coin from Singapore airport instead but um, we can run through some of the best capsule machines we found out there um, I'd, I've got it right here my prized Panda Go Panda shopping bag <laughs> <laughs> we lo- I love the fact that there weren't many Ghibli-specific, weren't any Ghibli-specific capsule machines that we could find, but we did find loads of Ghibli-adjacent capsule machines like Panda, Panda ones, Future Boy Conan ones. There was one that was like a regional-specific one to the area of Osaka that had a, um, a Chie the Brat capsule that we could have got. um
1: As a Nadia and, one? Did we see it? I think we did see a yeah, Nadia yeah.
0: one, didn't we? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so lots of that stuff. And I think we all ended up getting some capsules at some point. I've got one which was um, key rings of particular keyboard combinations. So the one I have (laughs) is just a shift button and a delete button with the the caption permanently delete. (laughs) And the other ones would be like control C, control V, F5. I would have loved an F5 just sort of. You know important key com- combinations in our lives. Well, which ones did you two get? Any any highlights?
1: Well, I think my highlight was the the, the gacha machine off gacha machines. <laughs> I I didn't yep. buy Strong. it, but I think there's a kind of artistry to the gachas in a way, like and that we did kind of you see that like the first layer of just merchandise and commercialism, and then gradually as you spend seven days looking at a thousand of these things you see how many of them are approaching abstraction and (laughs) self-reflection and uh there is some really bizarre ones in there um spoiler for my family's christmas presents don't worry they don't listen to the show um but i found a my brother loves camping a camping one fantastic um my dad's a big fan of the honda cub classic motorbike (laughs) found one of those and then my my mum uh has a suzuki Jimny, a not a particularly remarkable car um but got one of those but the suzuki Jimny is probably my favorite because on the gacha machine it just said the words life is Jimny," and <laughs> i like how serious they take their kind of mid-range vehicles oh yeah um, did you get any,
0: Steph? Um, I porch? got some
2: for friends and family. A good little one for my dad, which is different types of like film cameras. So we have yet to oh. see what that one is. One that's like different types of um, coffee making setup. So like a little pour over set and a, a thermos and stuff like that. Um, and then probably one of the best things I bought for the whole trip, which was um, a gacha machine that just, gave you little framed images of Naruto characters crying really hard. <laughs> yes. Um and I was blessed with uh one of the characters, uh Shikamaru crying and I've stuck it on my wall like a weird little framed picture.
0: Oh that's so <laughs> yeah, cool. That was
2: great. It's just like yeah, it's not just like here's some characters from this really popular show. It's like here's all of them mid the worst point in their <laughs> life in the show. Like so good.
0: That's brilliant. And, um, yeah, I love the fact that they go... Because I guess if you, if you had it over here, it would just be like a, a random toy it wouldn't or a random character. It wouldn't be so themed. There wouldn't be such thought put into the various versions you could have. Um, another quest I was put on was um, my partner, Mim. She's really into a couple of Japanese brands of mystery boxes at the moment. Um, one is the Smisky characters who are these sort of small featureless green blobs that grow in the dark and you can have them doing various things um, in the various seasons and collections of that. And there's also uh, sunny angels who are these little angelic cherub figures who were created by somebody who wanted to have them as little mascots for working women. So they wouldn't be alone in the office when they go out into the world. What a wonderfully feminist uh, (laughs) aim to have, but they're amazing and you can, they have all sorts of very, creative collections and I was given a list in a similar way to how you were Jay like look for this particular kind and we went to many shops many places and couldn't find them but we did find so many amazing mystery boxes out there and for Mim I just basically brought back back a big bag of mystery boxes of Ghibli things and I've got a picture here of them all that I can share because Ghibli has mystery boxes related to all the films various characters and so on so i got a couple of kiki's delivery service ones which were just about of gg and i got one of just Gigi talking some some sass and then another one which turned out so when you have mystery boxes you see on the side maybe six or seven of what's in the collection and then there's always a question mark one with a silhouette like what's the secret one and we got the secret one which is Gigi like shivering and all of it the hair on end, which is very cool. I also got a Whisper of the Heart one, which was the um, Baron looking absolutely resplendent. Got a little sort of uh, wibbly Totoro. You know, those sort of wibbly wobbly things that mm. always write themselves and have a little jingly thing inside. Got one of those. And not Ghibli related, but I did get a capsule of the Sylvanian families. And it, it, the reason why it's gone in the mix with the Ghibli things is that it was a sort of nature-themed Sylvanian who's wearing a leaf as a mask so it looks like it could just be hiding in the background of Princess Mononoke or something. But that stuff was great. So it's a shame, again, failed in that quest. Um, did I succeed in any of my quests, in fact? I suppose I went back with some unfinished business. Like, I wanted to go back and buy a Satoshi Khan's storyboard book. I did that. I, I developed a quest as we were on the trip to get the massive book which is the Hayao Miyazaki and the Ghibli Museum tome that is in Japanese and English and is all of the sort of special exhibitions, the designs and sketches and everything about the founding of the museum and the running of the museum. And we brought that home and that was like my last, my biggest, but also my last main purchase. And it was so big that it wouldn't fit in the case. And I had to carry it on our 25 hours back in the bag Mm -hmm. as carry-on luggage. I think I also shared my stationary journey on, so on on Twitter the other day where I, yeah, I went a bit mad because I'm into, <laughs> I'm into pens and notebooks, but I'm, don't get to buy that st- stuff so much anymore because it's all so expensive. Like even if you go into like your supermarket or your WH Smith or your Muji, that stuff isn't as cheap as it, it's like a couple of pounds extra than it used to be. So it's hard to like buy things randomly on a whim so i got a, every time we were in a corner shop and they have these lovely pens and notebooks i picked up more and more but i did buy a lot of the life brand of notebooks we went into a massive stationery shop called itoya in tokyo in ginza and bought a bunch of stuff from there and um that was just that feels like a success on the quest front for me but
1: were like you said that, like stationary wise you and I are li- literally the opposite in that respect aren't we? Cause I'm, like, as I sit here I'm looking up at my notebook archive and tracking back to July 18 when I got my first 85 Castelli and I've had exclusively that notebook <laughs> <laughs> ever since. Uh, every time I run out get another one and then I'm holding as we record a pen click and um, that's a Miffy pen. And I bought 60 of them because I realized I liked them. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I, guess, I am I, set I lo- for life. Notebooks, pens. It kind of sounds a bit mental, but, you know. Yeah, it is. I, like I mean, them.
0: this is why this is what probably why we cancel each other out and compliment each other so much, Jake. But um, <laughs> I did find the ultimate um, notebook that I loved, the Alwich notebook, but they had... Um, stock issues and have never been it's never been in stock past 2020 past the pandemic so i've had to find new notebooks and really it's just a nice little outlet for the relatively cheap outlet for some retail therapy and you will use them eventually Mm. and there was one i bought in um one of the 100 yen shops one of the watts shops you went in and again talking about catch copy and and all that this one says on it sending you some smiles May this wonderful day begin a future filled with joy and blessing for you. Love and flower. Happy days. (laughs) I guess I'll look at that every day while I'm making notes about whatever we're doing. Oh, actually,
1: your mention of books has actually made me think of a a quest that I completed incredibly quickly, (laughs) which was um, I'd recently watched the Journey to My Heart documentaries. Um, Yes. The uh, ones, the uh, TV travel series that Nippon made that um, had various artists and people from Japanese culture going around around the world and two of them have Miyazaki and Takahata and Miyazaki's one is him going um, to the south of France and North Africa following uh, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry the author of The Little Prince uh, who was a male pilot um, and he talks in the documentary about how much he loves wind, sand and stars which isn't as well known as Little Prince but he loves it the most which is an autobiography and he loved it so much after making the documentary he painted a um a new front cover for it and in japan the book's been reprinted with that miyazaki cover and then we were in not even like a fancy bookshop really just a generic shop that i think it was there was like dvds it was kind of a cex type Wasn't the book
0: off doesn't it the big book off we were in
1: was it kind
0: of the big track. book off that was, it was on, on the corner uh, at the bridge um in um in kyoto. kyoto yeah it was actually above the watts so i'd oh, the watts, went all the way about. to yeah, the top yeah. and worked our way down yeah
1: um so separate shops rather than all in the same anyway um just turned a corner and there it was <laughs> <laughs> really easy and um, i can't read a word of it but that's fine i can read it um in the English translation, but now I've got the front cover that I can admire, and it's uh, a lovely A6 size.
0: Yeah oh yeah, Jake. I absolutely love Japanese books like I could have easily bought so many volumes of manga that I recognized, knowing that I couldn't read it, Like they have the they're currently doing deluxe editions of the entire works of um, Kazuhiro Otomo, and I really love his comic Domu which is currently out of print in English. And I was like holding it in my hands saying, do I want to spend 20 quid buying this and not really being able to read it, but just like, you know, lap up the imagery. And I decided, no, I'm going to put that back on the shelf and that can be my thing that I'll come back in three (laughs) years time and buy next time we're here. (laughs) Um, How did your quests go down, Steph?
2: I had, like you guys, one failed quest, which just appeared, I think, when we got to Tokyo. And I realized how many uh, grab machines had chainsaw man merch in them featuring, <laughs> most importantly, Pochita, who is a really cute, like orange dog with a chainsaw coming out of his head. Um, he's so round and jolly looking. And it seemed like the only way you could get merch of him was to play the the grab machines. Um, so I spent an unholy amount of money (laughs) (laughs) going on like every claw machine i could um to try and win this guy and i didn't so very sad about that um but you know it wasn't something i was expecting to do while we were there so it i didn't didn't really lose anything um just a lot of money in 200 yen increments (laughs) um and then my other kind of task that I'd set myself was to get another little frog ceramic frog um because I got one last time we went I think in I don't even know where I got it last time a kind of random little covered market um was just selling really cheap little frog statues um so I thought it'd be nice to get him a friend um and I found a really nice one in Kyoto when we went to the bamboo forest and um, we went past this really nice kind of row of shops that were selling a lot of little handmade items and one was a nice ceramic shop that had a lot of really nice bowls and stuff but also little kind of hand-carved tanuki and frogs and toads and stuff so yeah I got a a tiny one of those which was very nice and now he's sitting above me on the shelf next to the 2019 frog so yeah (laughs) frog corner was a success even if chainsaw dog was not I even got as well in those last two days, it was probably tiredness and the like tunnel vision of like the mission to get this (laughs) character. Whenever I saw something orange and round, I (laughs) thought it was that.
1: Just just you you looking up at the sun. Yeah. I'll I'll get you one.
2: Must get. I think Michael pulled out like a, an orange item like from his bag at one point. And I was like, oh my God, you got one? No, no, it's not that. It's just,
1: it
0: was right. so funny that that's what um defined our t- kind of one and a half, two days in Tokyo was we <laughs> were looking for capsule machines, claw machines and trading cards. <laughs> <laughs> and everywhere we, we, we looked, if we saw any shop that looked like would have any of those things in, we'd go straight in. But Steph, you did succeed. You made... Um, your boyfriend very happy, right? Yes. As well.
2: Yes. Uh, I think it was when we were on one of the One Piece card <laughs> shopping trips in Nagoya. We went into a big shop. I think it was called like Toyland or something, right? Or Toy Kiddy Land or something. I can't remember. Um, But yeah, I just did the, the cursory, like go all the way up and see what's in the shop. And then on one floor, it was just a whole floor of, models and model making kits um, and yeah my boyfriend's really into making Gundam models at the moment very relaxing um, pastime if you have the patience for lots of small pieces um, and they're quite expensive here they're quite expensive to ship over um, but I sent him a, a video of all of these um, Gundam models from one of the series and just said you know you've got 10 minutes because we're moving on um and yeah managed to pick one up and safely get it back and i think it was about 10 pounds or something um yeah pretty cheap and it survived the flight even if the box got a bit banged up um but yeah that was that was a big success so
0: has it been assembled yet
2: um the the head (laughs) chest and arms have been assembled we're still waiting for the body and the big sword um (laughs) to be done but well we need we need to
0: have uh, updates when it's done um <laughs> i mean that's a particular that's a particular nerdy avenue i've never gone down properly um but it's one that may end up f- making you friends with guillermo del toro I you never know <laughs> <laughs> um any final bits of purchasing that we should shout out i think i've exhausted everything i, I bought Um,
1: i bought loads of food um you know (laughs) like i've got so much of it left it's great every day i just go and grab a little another choco baby or a crunky or a candy mani or i I got so much it's brilliant i I went to see my mother-in-law today bought her a bit of look bar she loved that it's great um, should have bought more, if I'm honest. Oh, absolutely! It's the time of the time of, of year where you just need a big old bowl of this stuff in front of you every night, and I am piling on those choco babies.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: For me, it's the crunky crunky balls, right? Oh yeah, where really it, with bits the of cookie in or biscuit or whatever. Mm. so good. Yeah, good. Gosh, I uh, I just want to go back. I want to spend more money.
1: Well, let's do that and we we haven't we've talked about models but we haven't talked about the models at small worlds and maybe we oh, should save yeah. that for another episode because we can well, talk about everything else unrelated yeah. to parks and merch and actually we I promise we did do other things
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we've done usj ghibli park purchases from Ghibli Park and beyond. But yes, let's do a roundup. I mean, let's see how the next few weeks pan out because there is <clears throat> there is the small matter of The Boy and the Heron, a brand new Hayao Miyazaki film coming out in cinemas, so we have to talk about that in some capacity that might keep us busy through december but we do have unfinished business with our trip to japan we need to do a big wrap-up of our experiences our food our other sites and experiences while we're out there so we will come back to japan eventually definitely to talk about small worlds and the strange sausage mascot that they had (laughs) but until then you can keep up with us on social media. We're on Twitter at Ghibliatech, Instagram, ghibliatech.pod. And do check out Instagram because we've been posting all loads of our pictures and some reels as well of um, our time there in Japan, including Ghibli Park highlights. And one I put out the other day for the 10th anniversary of the Tale of the Princess Kaguya's release where we had Jake spinning around in the blossom um, in Ghibli Park. Not real blossom, the backdrop of blossom. It's a very beautiful little... Little moment. You can also find Jake on Twitter at Jake H. Cunningham or on Instagram at Jake.H. Cunningham.
1: And you can follow Steph on X slash Twitter at underscore Steph Watts.
2: And you can follow Michael on Twitter at Michael J. Leader and on Instagram at Michael. dot Leader.
0: Oh, and why not check us out on Patreon as well? That's where we have our Patreon exclusive episodes where most recently, what have we been doing? We talked about the films, we watched on the plane, journey to and from Japan, and also most recently in the last week or so, Jake and I, we gave our opinions on the Beatles' final single, Now and Then. It's all kicking off on the (laughs) Patreon. But listeners, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.
2: By Michael Leader, Jake Cunningham, Harold McShiel, and Steph Watts. Our music is by Anthony Ng.